0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Welcome in. Good day. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Thanks for listening to the show. I want to talk a little real estate, a little investing, a little place to live or a little place to go broke. Getting in over your head. Seems like real estate kind of inspires a little bit of everything, doesn't it? When you're first 18 years old, and well, now let's go back to 16, and you're listening to AM, FM radio with a uh, uh, cassette tape, and you would wait for the top five at 10 or the top 10 at 10, and you'd like steal music. You, you wouldn't pay for it, you'd, you'd record it. You know, my dad was such a jerk that he would come in the room and he's like, you, You're not paying for that, you're stealing it. Like, in hindsight, I'm like, Dad, I bet when you were 16, you did the same damn thing. But now that you're 40, 45, 50, you're just a jerk. And as I turn 40, 45, I've become such a jerk. Where, let's say someone you know hits your bumper and you're like, you've got a $1,000 deductible. I'm like, I'm going to go down to a $500 deductible. And then get it fixed and then go back to a $1,000 deductible. At some point in your life, you're just like, you know what, I'm just going to play by the rules. So I kind of get it. Anyway, um, so do you remember being 16, living in your your bedroom, and you just wanted to be away from your dad and listen to music? And like your room was like freedom. And then when you turned 18, you went off to college, and your dorm room was like, whoa, where's the laundry room? And you kind of discovered about nine weeks later. It's kind of like kind of a cool experiment in in understanding what real estate means to you. And then you get out of college, and you're like, I love you, sugar booger. Let's get a place together. And then you kind of quickly learn that she poops. Um, Secret to a good marriage, secret to a good relationship is separate bathrooms. And, you know, I remember at one point in time, I'm like, I'm at a hotel with a a lady friend. I'm like, I'm going to go down to the the lobby, make a phone call. That was code for I'm going to go use the facility somewhere else and not have you hear this because I want things to maintain a sexiness to it. But space and living um, areas kind of like define us as a society. Then we are like, let's get a place together. And like, we're going to make love in every room. We're going to put a coin in a jar, and that first six weeks, we're going to take the coins out of the jar every time we have Whoopi. One more, one more. We're filling this baby up. Let's do one more. I've got a little testosterone going. And then through the years, you start taking it out, and, well, there's just still coins in it. So home ownership and renting and and owning, it's big stuff. And I've seen couples, you know, that turns into a massive fight on owning property. It's freaking Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does my loans. We're actually starting to work on putting my documents together for a loan. I feel like I'm in a rush, but I should kind of rush these things because once I get all the documents to you after a three-month period, you're going to say, I need new documents. Yeah. Uh, those de- uh, yeah. Those W-2s from January, they need to be updated. Make sure you still have a job. And I'm with you on that. But it is a process. Uh, what's your thoughts when I'm talking about, like, isn't it funny? Like, real estate just, it, it, it elicits tons of emotions on people.
2: Yeah, it does. And, you know, it doesn't help that sometimes the mortgage process can be a little bit tricky. And then you throw that in there and you're, you just spend all this time finding a house and going through the motions with that. And then you have to go through the mortgage process. So that's kind of the end that I get. And it can be frustrating. And we do our best to kind of coach people through and make the that a little bit easier. The whole buying process can be tricky. Yeah. The whole, the whole process, there's two sides of it. Um, what's funny is that we still get realtors that, say, Oh yeah, this is going to be really easy. You know, we just got to find the. Granted, that is what a realtor, half of what I think a realtor should do is, is help you walk through the process to, to say it is easy because you don't want to be overwhelmed and you want to be able to make the right decision. Six
1: years ago, me, my friend Art and my friend Steve all decided to buy a house and Art bought a house made out of hay (laughs) and it's really close to all the other houses in San Carlos I bought a house made out of, of um, sticks, and it was it was on the smaller side, but it was very, very nice. And Steve bought a bigger house that was just bigger, and it was made out of um, wood um, and steel and polycarbonates and fibers and stuff. And long story short, art bought by a, a lot of other people. Who wants to live by a lot of other people? No one. No one. So his house it gets blown over in a storm. So he bought his for 900000 It's probably worth $1.2. Not bad. Not bad. Six years later. I bought a house for 900000 It's worth $1.8. A little more fewer neighbors, a little more creek, better school district, not on top of each other. Um, but the guy who bought the house for $1.2, I was like, you're crazy. You're spending way too much money. You live on top of a hill. Just sold it for $2.5 million. Yep. So I'm like, my house is too small. It's too, I need to, I, I don't know, I'm trapped in too small of a house. Now, th- this is for fictitious purposes. We didn't really build houses out of straw, wood, and polycarbonate materials. But the guy who took the bigger chance got the bigger reward. And that's where, like, you get into this. But he also had the most downside. So,
2: yeah, he had the most risk. Yeah. Yeah, there's certainly the risk factor there that a lot of people take. Um, you, you brought up a good point, Rob, that a lot of people have done exactly what Steve, Art, and Rob did. And Please call me Mr. Black. Mr. Black, a homeowner. And they're, they're feeling trapped. Um, and it's not just on the the size of the house, but the ability to find another house to actually move to, uh, maybe into a better school district or just another room because of a, a fa- another family member is popping out of a, a spouse. But... Um, is that your way of saying having a baby, having a baby, another family member Probably. popping out of a spouse? Yeah. Okay. I'm good with it. I mean, I call my parents spawn units. Okay. I call them, um, just kind of a brotherly thing, paternal
1: and maternal unit. Sure. So. The units. So. Gotcha. Uh, mama had and, a baby and her head popped off. Yeah. <laughs> sure. It's kind of like the Monty Python skit in the, in the oh, very it, first scene of uh, meaning of life. Where she's the English woman's cooking in the kitchen, and she's Catholic, <laughs> and a baby just falls out on the ground. <laughs> Some kid comes pick it up. And like two a minute later, another baby pops out. Yeah, and then another minute, like it's kind of a statement on
2: Catholicism. Yeah, there's a lot of millennials and you know, even younger people who don't even know what that is. Look it up. Monty Python was fantastic.
0: It's only a wafer thing. Yeah. Uh,
2: I dedicate that clip to Marco. And what's funny is a few minutes later, he explodes. which. Is, yeah.
1: <laughs> so let's go back to the emotions of him. I kind of said, I know what I want to afford. I'm not going to extend myself. And six years later... Six years later, I I wish I kind of extended myself. So that's kind of looking back and regret. I wish you bought bigger. But again, I did buy what I should have bought. That's the number one regret. I made the right
2: decision. That is the number one regret that homeowners have after buying a house is that they wish they bought bigger. I think what ends up happening is a lot of people find the – when they take on that – the, the first emotions about buying a house, and then that large payment that comes along with it. Then they realize that they can actually afford it. Not afford it. I, mean, I don't want to say that. I want to say they find ways to make ends meet, and they go, you know, we could have afforded another one hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars in a mortgage, which would have translated into another fifty or a hundred thousand dollars in a purchase price, which would have meant another room or an office or a garage or a bigger yard, and. I did. I had that same emotion when I bought my house. I wish I got the bigger garage. I wish I put the fireplace. Anyway, in I bring in floors.
1: the idea on emotions because yeah. it's a big thing and people get overwhelmed. And I remember even signing my first set of mortgage docs. I'm like, is this going to end? I don't want to do this anymore. Like I almost canceled the transaction
2: because I was stressed, yeah, anxiety. You're, yeah, you're buying another house.
1: Anyway, you can find Tony Mendez at Source.com. He'll help you get the loan done. That's what he does. He gets loans done. That's his bumper sticker. If you ever want to key a car, it says, I get loans done. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight
2: replay at 7.
1: Life under 20 was pretty good. You didn't have a lot of commitments. You didn't have a lot of things to think about or worry about. Sadly, that's changed today with social media. The suicide rates amongst young teenage girls is spiking. The you-should-be-taking-a-sexy-selfie is normal, and it's putting a lot of pressure on kids, both male and female, but particularly females. Things have changed. When I was under 20, it was the best time of my life. Then you hit 20 and you start going to college, and you're like, what do I need to do when I grow up? And, whoa, I just got a bill for $10,000 tuition. Whoa. I just, you know, I got to figure out how to pay my own rent. Whoa. Um, Whoa. So in your 20s, things start taking on a different pressure. Then in your 30s, when you have kids. It it, it weighs on you. It's heavy. It hurts. You want to do the best you can. Some people do. Some people don't care. They just are like, kids are accessories. I really think that America should institute a policy. If you make me president of the United States, I will make people get licenses before they have kids i will kill anyone who sends spam or junk email put them in electric chair on friday night lights those are my two platforms no more junk email and you need a license not to get married any fool can get married you need a license to have a kid People under 35 have about $1,580 saved. That's not enough. Americans making between 70000 and 115000 have about 5400 saved. That's not enough. I was talking with a young man yesterday who's 30, and I'm like, How much you got saved for the future? He's got eh, 3,000, He didn't know if it was 3,000 or 4,000. And he goes, Yeah, sometimes I, I kind of rate it and use it for other things. I'm like, oh, You're killing me. You are like butter in my heart. You are giving me a heart attack. Did Livia Newton-John sing a song called Heart Attack? I seem to remember off the physical album. I'll look. Anyway, um, men tend to save way more than women. 7,000 versus 2,000. White, non-Hispanic, 7,100. Black, 1,000. Hispanic, 1,500. You have to have an emergency fund. You have to, like, there's so many components of living life right now. One of the components, in my opinion is saving for retirement. When you see our government spend money like the way they're spending it, you got to start thinking about what are you going to do in retirement? And if I was this guy who was 30 years old, I'm living in Austin, Texas. And he's like, I don't want to live in Austin, Texas. I'm like, there are women in Austin, Texas, and there are bartending jobs in Austin, Texas. And you could actually save more money bartending in Austin, Texas. Cause you're going to make about the same in tips, but the cost of living is two thirds less so it's not like Austin, Texas is like a, a prison for men, but it could be Phoenix, it could be Flagstaff, it could be. There's so many places you can move to. People are leaving Silicon Valley nearly as quickly as they're come in. This is something we've been talking about. We've got Tony Mendez here from BayAreaRealEstateSource.com. Hello. Clients are moving to Colorado, Idaho, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, and other states. A typical client for this one realtor has been in their home for decades and no longer feels connected to the changing community. Wow. I honestly feel that myself. In eight years, I, I I went from living in a town with plumbers and electricians to they're all dot comers. I'm not a dot commer, so I'm a media guy, and that just didn't work. It's not working for me. I'm not really feeling connected.
2: Yes, it, I think this is a theme that'll play out for um, you know, years to come, where people are trying to figure out. You know, they're getting older. Where are we going to retire? Is it too expensive to retire here? Is all of our money? tied up in the house uh we have a couple that we just uh did a transaction for where they before they moved they refinanced their house took a bunch of cash out kept the house moved to colorado and retired in colorado and they were two policemen that worked here in the bay area and they live on a smaller pension that fits their budget in colorado Um, but i think that is one of the strange phenomenon that i think we're going to see is people keeping their houses here because the rents are so high. And they, you can manage a mortgage. You can actually profit from uh, the high rents here. So where is the inventory to come from? Where is it going to come from is, I think, a big question that we're going to see, even with rates going up and home prices going up, I think the low inventory will continue driving prices. Uh, and people will still be have that. They'll see that as an allure towards real estate here. Are you ever going to let me talk? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I totally agree with the uh, mortgage thing, because I got that going on in my life, where I've got a low-cost mortgage, and now, quite frankly, there's higher-cost mortgages, and my low-cost mortgage makes it even better. It just got a little bit better. Um, Tougher to compete with me, and I can make a little bit more money than the guy who's trying to become a landlord now. So that's going on out there. Um, Some people are selling their homes now in Bitcoin. Has anyone brought that up to you? No. They want Bitcoin, because the millennials... Think that Bitcoin's going to 100,000. So some people are saying, give me Bitcoin now because I'll get appreciation on top of selling what I sold you the house
2: for. Um, so that's out there. Would you buy, would you let somebody pay you in Bitcoin for your house? No.
1: Yeah. So, um, but that's neither here nor there because the show's not about me. Why are you always making it about you? I made it about you. Oh, you're fine. 800 so It's about me and it always has been. So buying a home right now, I think all the rules of buying a home are, are out on the peninsula. They're out the window, but they're not out. Like if you're looking at Lafayette or Tahoe, you still want to do the home inspection. You still want to find a good realtor. You still want to, you know, get
2: close to good schools. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, are you talking about like contingencies? You, you're going in all in. I'm, I want this house. I don't care if it's crooked. It's flooding. I want this house. This is what you're going to have to pay for it. Right. Yeah, it's the contingencies have gone a lot of we've we've gone from no loan contingency, no appraisal contingency. And now it's, you know, if you get an inspection, there's something wrong that the sellers aren't even doing concessions on it. They're just doing that for full disclosure. Uh, Cracked foundation. Fine here. Fifty thousand dollars. Sure. I'm still selling the house at one point four. And that's because I have a full as is offer right behind you. And that's what we're getting. We're getting that in a lot of the one to one point five million dollar range because they're extremely desirable right now. And that's the step up level for most people in the Bay Area, of going from like a, a, a three and one to a four and two, or two and one to a three and two. We're seeing a lot of that where th- that part of the market is still very healthy. I was looking at a East Bay city that is pretty desirable to me: Lafayette, uh, Mirinda,
1: uh, or La Morinda. Yeah, Lafayette, uh, Rinda, um, that whole area over there, Maraga. A three bedroom is going to cost you 1.2 million. A four bedroom is going to go 1.5. Million. So it's almost like that fourth room is 300 thousand. Yep. And I saw it consistently enough. I was like, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting what you get for your money, isn't it? So you can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. When you're buying a home, I still want to use my eyeballs and look for cracks and look for windows and quality. Some people don't. Some people want as is. I'm still looking for quality, and I'll be patient. You can find Tony Mendez at Source.com. He does my mortgages. He's good at what he does. You can meet him at the March 8th seminar, um, where it's going to be Wealth and Income Strategies and Retirement. A little bit more information can be found on that at RobBlackShow.com. It's RobBlackShow.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's in Foster City at the Crown Plaza. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at RobBlackShow. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in retirement. My goal is to get you enough money so that you can have a nice retirement. And it's funny. I used to think a million dollars was a lot of money. Remember when you were a kid and you're like, ah, millionaires. Now it's, you better be a multi-millionaire before you hit retirement. And what the federal government's doing with the budget, I, I think we're, there's a quote out there by someone today that the next recession is going to be the greatest recession of his lifetime. I, I kind of agree with that. We are just. Nations around the world are just stacking on debt after debt after debt after debt. And they're just printing money. I'm a little concerned. Again, not for me. I'll be fine. Concerned about future generations for sure. Concerned for that 30 year old bartender who served me yesterday some delicious meatballs um, with a nice, nice tomato sauce. Like he's living with his mom. Like he didn't get to do what I did. And move to the West Coast and have a dream and follow it and work hard and work even harder. Uh, I'm not calling him a slacker because I don't think he is. I just don't think there's as many opportunities, and I think opportunities will become fewer and farther between. 15 cities right now where their over demand for housing is ruling the housing market. Buyers in the best position to buy a home typically have a mortgage financing in place, a credit score above 680, and a down payment of at least 15%. Now, San Francisco and San Jose have an oversaturation of buyers and they're all qualified because they're using stock options and they're using cash. The share of buyers who shop for a mortgage before they find out the house that they want. It's more appealing to sellers when they know that you're pre-approved. I think it's really, really important that if you think you're going to be buying a home that you get pre-approved. That's something Tony will do. Tony Mendez with Bay Area loans um, You want to get as much of a down payment together. As you can, because this is the competition. This is Darwinianism. This is the the fish that has feet versus the fish that flops on land. Flipper. Come on, land and buy a home. The percentage of buyers who have a credit score above 680, super, super important. The most competitive cities right now, number 15, Las Vegas. Then you jump to Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin is not a bad way to live. I know someone from Madison, Wisconsin, but it ain't for me. Yeah. You have to be a Packer fan. You have to know the greatest Packer of all time. It's probably Brett Favre. Maybe Bart Starr. You have to like cheese. Your earlobes have to be attached to your head. Yeah, that's a good one. You're still out of the water, but not far. Number 13, most competitive markets right now. Phoenix, Arizona. Number 12, Boise, Idaho. You like cold and snow? you can get a home there baston very competitive sacramento california which i love downtown sacramento but the rest of it is the armpit of california the armpit of california extends from stockton to just outside the the downtown of sacramento portland oregon super hot super sexy right now number nine on the list honolulu hawaii honolulu come to hawaii and we will overcharge you for everything you buy it'll be a 15 dollars margarita Oh, no, but we don't do margaritas. (laughs) It'll be a $15 virgin strawberry daiquiri that the Hawaiian gods made themselves with fire from volcanoes. (laughs) Seattle, Washington, number seven on the list. Number six, Los Angeles, California. Number five, Ventura, California. I like Ventura. It's nice and calm, but super competitive, and everyone's moving from the hills to the water. San Diego, California. I think San Diego is the last California city on the coast that's still slightly affordable. As far as, you know, you can have a reasonable salary like a teacher. Denver, Colorado, number three on the list. Number two on the list, San Jose, California. And the most unreasonable, most competitive market in the United States. Sam Clams Disco. There was a punchline, there was a joke from my childhood and the punchline was Sam Clam's Disco. I don't remember the joke and I hope it's not dirty. Because there was another joke from my childhood and the punchline was Lickety Split and that one I know was dirty. Hey, come get on an authentic trolley car and have a homeless person poop on you. Welcome to San Francisco, the city by the bay, the city so snobby we don't even call it San Francisco, we call it the city. What do you
2: think, Tony? I think you named some pretty interesting cities there.
1: Anything jump out to you as like a competition? I like San Diego. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I, a lot of people are, uh, we have a lot of people inquire about San Diego. Uh, Sacramento, certainly. Uh, more on the investment side, I think a lot of people back in 15, 16, and 17 saw that as uh, a big migration of people moving there. Uh, not only because there's land and you know, it's a little bit cheaper, but uh, because a lot more people are are working remotely from home, and they go, I can buy a house there, or I can rent cheaper there, and I can work or commute a- into San Francisco, and uh, it started making a lot of sense. Um, Seattle, definitely, that was the that's been the hottest city for the last couple of years. I expect that to continue growing. Uh, Seattle's got a, a you know established infrastructure, you know, jobs are there, uh, it's you know double digit returns on in on. Um, real estate values for the last three or four years it's fantastic i like portland as well seattle
1: needs more minions though more minions. <laughs> they need more minions
2: more um well they already have the
1: super evil bad guy. very funny jeff bezos <laughs> they need minions
2: he's gonna put an ad come to seattle and be a minion. boeing microsoft all in that area yeah yep. so the whole area is growing yeah it's tough though traffic in seattle is brutal
1: Something I was doing and some interesting research on, and tell me what your thoughts are on this. Buying a rental property in the winter, you get your property for about 6.6% less per square foot. So, like, right now, if you wanted to buy a rental property, say, in Tahoe, um, that no one wants to rent it. Or no one wants to sell in the winter. Um, or if you want to buy a rental
2: home that you're going to put in, like, San Carlos. You're going to hate that I know this stat. But uh, if you rent during the winter, you get a 3.5% on average discount. So start your leases in the winter. Okay. But if you buy in the winter and you want to turn it into a rental, you might get 3.5% less if you start that lease you know, in most, January. Most of my rental properties, they typically go basically
1: spring to spring. That, which is the right time. Which is the time where people are shopping the most. Mm-hmm. So buying a rental property
2: now um, you know, it it might make more sense. S- you, sellers are going to be much more motivated. They are. And then you close somewhere 30, 50 days later, you get the renter in there and you're done. So what do you think about buying a rental at this point in time in some of these more affordable markets like I think it's Charlotte? Great uh, idea. Uh, I think that if, if you are, this us use the teacher, for example, and they haven't saved a ton of money enough for a down payment, 20% in the Bay Area, and they're looking at a median price in Alameda County, for example, which is 835000 that $50,000 doesn't quite cut it for you here. Go to North Carolina. Go to marino go to sacramento go to a place and get into real estate uh, a lot of people forget that you don't have to you can own real estate but you don't have to live in the property that you own right now you own some re, uh, rental properties and mm-hmm. you use property management
1: yep i own rental properties and i use property management yep um i own some stuff on the east coast like i want to buy right now in atlanta the average home in atlanta is one hundred ten thousand dollars. it's called the bangalore of the south um, because it got low labor low cheap labor it's not because they have a heavy Indian population. It's it's cheap labor. Um, Amazon's rumored to be going there. Everyone's rumored to be going there.
2: It's a sexy city because they've got a lot of colleges mm, and they've got 250, a labor force. Yeah, two fifty, three hundred thousand. 300000 you get a four-bedroom house, brick, maybe on two acres. Uh, it's appealing to a lot of people.
1: And yet some of these workers will need places to rent as they start yep. their young careers and they come out of college. And they work for Amazon or someone like that. Uh, they shouldn't be buying houses. They should be figuring out their career and where they're going to settle down and find a
2: spouse and make babies. And then they should buy the house. Um, I think if you're West, you kind of want there There are opportunities in the West. Uh, I think it's a big trip. Uh, you know, and it's that's the kicker. I'm talking about if you do Atlanta, if you don't get property yeah. management, you're crazy. Yeah, you, it, it's too if, far. Um, if you are a new investor, I, I'd always say at least know the city that you're buying in. You know, uh, maybe have family there that can help you out. Um, you, maybe you went to college there. Maybe you spent a year or two there living and working. Um, maybe you moved to California from Atlanta. You know what city I would not buy a rental in?
1: Let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ESP it to you. I'm going to ESPN it to you. Ready? You've already bashed Stockton, so I'm going to no, say. <laughs> Stockton. They might have just won a Super Bowl. Oh, in Philly? I would never buy a property in Philly. Those people are monsters. Did you see airy, some of the, airy monsters? Did you see some of those YouTube videos of them celebrating? Mm-hmm. First and foremost, they'll start a fight with Santa Claus. If you wear a jersey to their stadium, it's a death wish. It's a death, you're going to get spit on. Yep. So after the, after they won the Super Bowl, there's a video on YouTube, and I'll show it to you later. It's the most disgusting thing ever. Turn off your radio right now if you don't want to hear it. I'll give you three seconds, two seconds, one seconds. Well, wait. They hit a horse. You've seen them hit horses, right? <laughs> after the celebration. Guys, have two, two horses have been hit on police officers. Um, with the, they Punched a horse in the head. So there's this one guy. Crowd is celebrating the Super Bowl victory, and a horse drops poop on the ground. Guy picks it up. Crowd starts chanting, eat it, oh, eat no. it, eat it. Ah! How drunk do you have to be?
2: <laughs> I, I think you could pro- <gasps> probably die from that, right? <laughs> yeah, you could turn your radio back on. <laughs> That is not appropriate
0: behavior, okay?
2: <coughs> it's the worst thing. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but Rob is actually looking physically ill
1: from that. I would never buy a rental property in Philly. Those people are monsters. What if they win the World Series? What if they get like a second championship in football? Buy a farm. They're going to burn buy a the farm down. You can
2: have as much poop you can eat. That's too much. Free, free poop crossed, with your rental. you the line. Free poop with your rental. Big seminar coming up. Retirement
1: Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar in Crown Plaza in Foster City, March 8, 630 to 830. This is a volatile market right now. You want more information, especially if you're heading towards retirement. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me on Rob Black's show. You can use the code radio25 to sign in for free. <laughs> Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Tony Mendez, BayarloneSource dot Good morning. You got me Go an ahead. amazing mortgage last year or two years ago. I want to say three seven, three six seven five. That sound about right. That's never going to happen again for a thirty-year mortgage. Well, I'm not going to say never again, but the difference between this year and last year, the Federal Reserve is no longer buying debt, so debt's not going to get cheaper; It's going to get more expensive. Um, that's a big, big story of 2018. We could say the volatility is a big issue, and it has been, and it's the dumbest product in the world, and we shouldn't sell it, and we shouldn't have to... Le- people who buy pro shares, leveraged funds, are some of the dumbest people on the planet, in my opinion, when it comes to financial investing. Um, you don't need the leverage to make money, and the leverage means that like, you're also buying a second product, a future contract on top of it, that if it collapses and blows up, Look what happens in the stock market. We learned this week with volatility, uh, two times uh, the direction of the market. It just—it's a killer.
2: Yeah. Well, essentially, interest rates, mortgage interest rates follow the the yields on the bonds, and we're seeing that yield go up. Two point eight five, I think, is the last we saw it. I don't—I don't know what it did today, but it's—it's a future. It's a hedge against inflation. Uh, And if if I give you ten dollars today. I'm sorry, hundred dollars today, and then you p- promise to pay me back like one hundred and ten. But my inflation kicks that up, and what I have to buy costs one hundred and forty. I'm losing thirty dollars. Um, so it doesn't come out for a win-win. That's why we're seeing those yields go up, and they're looking for better investment. They're looking for uh, a better hedge, and that's causing mortgage rates to go up. And you know, half a point for somebody buying a median home price here in the Bay Area—that's an extra two or three thousand dollars you're spending. here. That's an extra. Six to seven thousand dollars a year they have to make that's an extra forty thousand dollars they have to put down if they want to keep their payment just the same. from higher interest rates just from the half a point that we've seen from last year to the to today so do you like World War two movies I love them you know the ones that
1: I really like are the submarine movies not a, not a, the biggest fan but Dot's boot was awesome I love submarine movies because like they, they're up on the, the top of the ocean and they're all chilling and having a cup of coffee. And then they see like a plane sees them and dive, like, dive, the, yeah, the dive, <laughs> dive, 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 dive. You did that in the last week where I was screaming at you, lock, 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 lock. Like you have to lock these loans fast because yeah. interest rates moved 25
2: basis points in a week. That's a lot. We, we are. And that's why you need a good mortgage lender who can lock, 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 lock. It's, it's not fair in many ways to talk about how. High rates are right now because they will fluctuate throughout the year. Um, they will trend higher. Oh come on, scare people! <laughs> you come know, on, Joe, scare people. There are going to be a lot. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of scare tactics out there. A lot of commercials saying lock your rate before you go up. Get out of your arm. There's going to be a lot of 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 people that are going to jump on that. Uh, the advice I would give people that are thinking about buying and refinancing without getting scared into it, just run the numbers and you know lock. get started early so that you can lock and watch the rates. Um, it's going to be an interesting time this year to see how rates move, um, but there are going to be dips. Absolutely. And when the market looks really volatile, the Federal Reserve is going to
1: say, you know what? We don't want billions and trillions of dollars of of assets, equity, being wiped out. We may, instead of raising rates three times this year, only raise rates one time. They may say, we're going to wait till the next set of data points. Now, the data points that it has the Federal Reserve upset is wage inflation. And part of the wage inflation story this year, in my opinion, is it's January. Well, it's February now, but in January, a lot of states kicked up minimum wage. So we're going to see a small spike. But the question is, will you make more money this year than last year? Will your boss give you a 5% raise or 2% raise, a 3% raise, no raise at all? Um, I see, I still see the middle part of the income bracket is is struggling in the united states so i'm on the upper income and you know my assets apple went up kind of thing and like apple goes down 5 10 15 20 points i don't care
2: it's been that good of a run for 10 years um well i you you talk about rates and and affordability which for the most part stayed flat in 2017 Uh, we're going to see it spike a little bit uh, regardless of having these wage increases uh, it's, I don't even consider it wage inflation at all. It's just we, we need more income. We need more <laughs> income growth. Uh, it's going to hurt home One prices. One of the things that I, I want to throw
1: out there is I have a, a listener named Gabrielle who she's been listening to the show for 15 years. And she's always asked me, I want to buy in San Jose. I want to buy in San Jose. It's been too expensive for like 10 years in a row. And then she finally sucked it up and bought a condo. And then she sold that and bought a single family home. You have to have alternative strategies. You're not going to get what you want. Sometimes you get what you need, um, in my opinion. And I was talking to a young couple this week where I was like, why don't you consider a a different market that you buy right now and turn it into a rental, like Grand Rapids, Michigan, or Nashville, Tennessee, or Raleigh, North Carolina, or El Paso, Texas, um, or San Antonio, or Austin, Texas, or Fort Worth, Texas. Consider buying a rental property and then maybe selling it in two to five years
2: and then use that for the down payment here you got to think outside the box. Somebody else is paying for your mortgage. Somebody's building equity. Uh, you have your money working for you. Um, I don't want to go as far as saying that uh, real estate is the is going to hedge against the market, which I'm sure you would argue with that, but it's worth looking into. Big
1: seminar coming up March 8th, 630 to 830. Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. You can sign up right now at robblackshow.com. Rob Black Show, you'll beat me, myself. Tony Mendez, CFP, Chad Burton, Michelle Lerman. It's about wealth and income strategies. I'm going to do a pre-session start talking about the stock market and different stocks you should be looking at. You can sign up today for March 8th, 630 to 830 at Rob Black Show. Use code RADIO25 to get in for free.